Have you ever been in love? No one's ever asked me that in an interview before. I don't have to print it. Print what? That story that's written all over your face. You may be familiar with the Amazon Prime series Modern Love, but what you might not know is that it started as a long-running New York Times column and podcast of the same name. It was LA-based Storied Media Group that helped broker that deal, one of many that have seen stories from outlets like the Washington Post and NPR make their way to film and television. On this side of the border, the intellectual property broker recently made a deal to market Canada Land's original journalism. Todd Hoffman, the founder and CEO of Storied Media Group, joins Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, to talk about the future of storytelling and transactional IP. Hi, my name is Todd Hoffman, and I'm uh, founder and CEO of Storied Media Group. Uh, in Santa Monica, California, but it it didn't all start here. It, it started many, many years ago. I'm originally from the East Coast. After college, I went to, I did two years in management consulting, a year in New York, a year in London, which led to my interest in getting into the film business. Um, I applied to and got into the USC producers program at the film school, and I moved to Los Angeles in 91 to get my MFA in film producing. I started doing uh, development soon after and uh, worked for a producer for a few years until I was ready to run off and start producing independently on my own and uh, ended up producing six indie movies in, th- in a few years and a pilot, all kind of one to four million dollar movies. Most were intended to be Sundance movies. Some went, most didn't. In 2000, I was recruited by a mid-sized agency called Broder to run their indie finance group and eventually moving into the lit group where I represented writers and directors. And I signed the, uh, the New York Times, 60 Minutes and The Atlantic and started reading their periodicals and their daily paper for interesting stories to sell and package. And ultimately our company was bought by ICM and I went there and ultimately Uh, ran their media rights division before leaving to start Storied Media Group seven years ago. I I left because I felt like there was a better mousetrap to be made for the buying and selling of IP. When you're at a big agency, there's, you know, agency agenda. You want to package great IP with great clients and have as many clients get jobs as possible, which makes sense if you're at a big agency. But I felt like, you know, the the IP was servicing the, the agency, not the other way around. So I started Storied Media Group as a bit of an antidote to the traditional agency structure. We are completely agnostic and we can work with every agency because we have no agendas other than to rep the IP. At our company, we don't rep writers or directors or anyone. We just rep companies that own their own IP. The company's grown quite a lot since we started. You know, you should think of us now as a a curator and gatekeeper of premium intellectual property for the global film, TV, and podcast industry. And we now have contractual relationships with some of the world's top publishers from the Washington Post, NPR, The Guardian, the FT, HarperCollins, uh, Gannett, which is the largest media company in the country, 
USA Today, South China Morning Post, Reforma in Mexico, really at 35 around the world. And we now rep video game and comic book and graphic novel publishers as well. And we sell their movie and TV rights. I created the company because I saw market inefficiencies in the way Hollywood was transacting IP. Uh, the selling on the agency side was really slow and it wasn't scalable and it didn't begin to scratch the reach the number of amazing stories that were being told around the globe. And the buying of the IP was flawed because studios and producers felt disenfranchised because the agents had all the power. What we created essentially democratizes IP flow and enables producers to search for and acquire anything they want at any time. I saw an opportunity to transform our marketplace through technology and to build something scalable that could serve production communities all over the world. So now we have a SaaS-based product called Story Scout. And this marketplace is extremely important today because the demand for high-end quality IP has never been more essential. Studios and networks all need loud programming, we call it, you know, with big ideas. And our system is designed to curate them. So oh, we've sold over 200 projects. Um, we have a, um, an active production company as well. We produce five scripted series for broadcast and streaming, including the Amazon global hit series, Modern Love, um, and the Clint Eastwood movie, The Mule. And everything is based on an article or a book. And on the unscripted side, we actually produced Discovery's top five rated shows last year. So that's um, a bit of a nutshell about who we are and, and the path that I've taken. And it's an exciting time to be you know, a producer today in the global content world. And given that 80% of television is based on some kind of underlying IP, it's a really, really good time to be in the space that we're in. It's a, a complicated space that is very anxiety provoking if you have been tasked with just going to find something good and then try and find the rights. What we've tried to do is make the buying and selling of IP less stressful and a lot more easy. So you really had early foresight that intellectual property originating from journalism was going to have a real future in film and television. It's always had real power, you know, going back to, um, the Fast and the Furious franchise, going back even further to, you know, Taxi, for example, was a New York Magazine article. So, you know, there's always been fantastic stories. And, you know, yes, I mean, we, we, we think that the best stories come from real life. And, you know, we joke that we sell stories about superheroes. They're just not Marvel superheroes. There are stories about you know, real life superheroes doing really interesting things. On this side of the border, you signed a deal to market Canada Land's original journalism to producers. Did Canada Land catch your eye? Obviously, they already have some of their podcasts like Thunder Bay in development for TV with E1. But how did Canada Land get on your radar? Canada Land got on our radar because we just went on a hunt for great storytellers. We quickly listened to it and we loved their editorial. And, you know, I've been following Jesse for a while and I just like him as a human being. And uh, I liked what they were doing, the storytelling and how they were telling their stories. 
And I also like that they had two deals already. It shows that they're thinking about, you know, how to further exploit the, um, the stories that they're telling. And so that for us was a no brainer. We went at them and introduced our, you know, our service and, um, and we had this, we made this partnership. What do you look for when you're looking to recruit a new journalism outlet or a content creator or a podcast? Or are, are you inundated with outlets looking for representation? They're starting to come to us, but we like being in control and we, we're literally going territory by territory around the world. We passed on over 800 outlets, but just to pick a territory, you know, we would go in, we would start curating, you know, looking through 10 different dailies or magazines to see if we can, if they're publishing consistently something that we think we could sell. And if there's a group that is doing it with some consistency, then we'll, we'll, out, we'll make outreach. Um, otherwise, it's just not good resource allocation. And so when we make the outreach, we usually get a meeting and then we have a, um, you know, a Zoom meeting, talk about who we are and what we do. And usually these, these companies are really keen on, on trying it out because there's, it doesn't cost anything for these companies to be represented by us. So, you know, as, as one person said, we, we just do nothing except for what we're already doing and you send us money. Anecdotally, I think the surge in demand for content has driven up the price of IP. How lucrative can this be? And could it be a way to fund and promote more investigative journalism? Well, that's an added part of why I love this business is that we can help the world of journalism at a time when there's when it's under attack and when revenues have been, you know, have never been slimmer. So to be able to give back to these companies, many of whom we work with are nonprofit, it's a wonderful part of, of what we do. We have seen prices increase um, and we also are trying to make, you know, best practice deals and, and, you know, landmark deals. So all ships, you know, rise with us. So if we get something for one client, then all of our other clients are going to get it too. So we've got that kind of bulk business so that when we discuss with the, the studios, they know that we're in it for all of our publishing clients. Is there anything else you want to add, Todd? I think if you're a magnificent storyteller and you're published and, you know, I think that we, we'd love, we always want to hear great stories. Uh, we tend not to represent individuals, um, but we're a young growing company and, you know, life is long and we're thinking about how we might be able to, to take in even more. Um, and right now the company is really just blasting off. We've got a lot of subscribers who are listening, you know, reading our, our stories every day and the studios are buying our stuff. And it, it just shows the borders when it comes to content, borders are coming down and studios don't care where the stories are coming from. They just want great stories. And we sold something from the South China Morning Post a few months ago to Disney. And we had three studios bidding on a story about a mom who had never been formally educated. And so when her daughter went to kindergarten, she decided to go with her and start school. So now they go to school together every day. And it was this wonderful, warm and fuzzy story. And um, everybody wanted it. And they didn't care that it was from mainland China or Hong Kong. In fact, they thought it, it made it more special. And 
that proves our thesis and that um, ultimately what we're creating here with Story Scout is a borderless hub for transactional IP and um, something so that producers in Germany can go on to Story Scout, read an article from Japan and transact through us. And um, that's the future. Thanks so much for joining us, Todd. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.